Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I'm Alec. And I'm Eddie. And we're going to be talking about a couple movie quotes and whether or not they are theologically sound. So this is something that we have been, it's kind of been on the docket to do for a while because I'm a big fan of, and I think you are too, of how Bishop Barron reviews movies and he's always looking for the nuggets of Christianity that you can find in mainstream culture. I think that that is, especially in, you know, the climate, the climate, the heck is a climate, but in it, whatever it is. My but buddy it, climb makes mints. <laughs> whatever it is in it, it's important to be able to find amidst the chaos where that Christian, those Christian undertones are still around and maybe even not necessarily like overtly Christian, but covertly Christian, <laughs> where something can come up and be like, hey, there was good, there was good in that and to affirm people in that so as to, you know, maybe they'll latch onto it and they'll expand on that because the truth finds its way to poke its head out even amongst piles and piles of garbage. I think it'll find, it'll find a way. There are motifs and themes that happen across all I would say good stories and so they may not be necessarily biblical but they appear in biblical stories so it's just kind of a foot in the door it's an easy way in for a lot of people to see you know here's a story that I like and then we can show how that relates to the faith yeah I think we've got two prepared for today that we want to talk about briefly and by prepared I mean we know what they are. Uh, but yeah, the concept is like, is this quote theologically accurate? And maybe we'll give it a rating or something. Yes and no. Uh, maybe on a scale of 10, two thumbs up. Maybe someone will get a gold star, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, we each prepared one. Uh, Alec, why don't, why, don't you ta- why don't you take the lead? What is okay. it from? So this first one is from a series called Troll Hunters. Before Nerd. you stop listening, before you Nerd. stop listening. <laughs> it's from a series Guillermo del Toro did on Netflix. It's an animated series called Troll Hunters. I watched it at the recommendation of a friend. Anyways, not to get too much into it, but it is a chosen one story where it's the mixing of the human world and the troll world. I do I do recommend it as well. I watched at least it the on, first Al- season. on Alex's recommendation. If you like kind of like the animated TV show, I mean, my favorite TV show of all time is Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I think it's the best TV show objectively. I think I don't get much pushback when I bring it up. But anyway, it's kind of, it's not as good as Avatar, but it's good. Like I said, watch the first season. You can skip seasons two and three without missing a beat. But the, the first season has a complete story that's that's good. Definitely. At, I think it's right at the beginning, actually, isn't it? Episode one. It's episode one. Where he's... It's kind of the theme of, you could, because it's how, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. it's how a, it's the last line in the, se- in the season two, in the series, oh. as, as it's fading to black. Right. That's good. Bookends. Uh, so when he's wrestling with whether or not to accept this mantle of being the chosen one. What's he called? The troll hunter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and his advisor is talking to him and he's, this isn't really a mantle that he can reject. So they're just trying to talk him through coming to terms with it. And at the end, very rousing speech. He says, don't think, become. And so those three words are what I want to bring to the table today. Don't think, become. First thoughts. First thoughts. Uh, off the gate, off to a strong start, I think. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, St. Augustine's quote, love God and do what you will. The idea that, like, a lot of times we maybe spend too much time thinking and not enough time acting. And we miss out on most of the way God, uh, most of the way he forms us 
you could say is through our actions, right? Through trial and error, through uh, a scenario that he allows us to be put into and we are tried with virtue or, you know, struggle with vice, whatever it might be. You know, it's the classic, if you want courage, God doesn't just give it to you. He provides you with the opportunity to show courage and then gives you the grace to respond to that, whatever. I do think that that's kind of present in this too, is we don't just think you have to become what it is that you are supposed to be. Yeah, to me, it's the idea of trusting a few things. Trusting, right, when we say God makes good of all things for those who love him. If you love him, just like you're saying, love God and do what you will. So if you love him and you really trust that he will make good of it, then you don't really need to be thinking too much about it. And this isn't, you know, uh, what is it? Eyes closed, head first, can't lose. We're not saying just charge right ahead. But I think far too often we're erring on the side of crippling ourselves with thought than we are action. And action is what, ooh, I just thought of another quote I want to do. Uh, in any case, Actions. Action speaks louder than words. Is that the quote that you were going with? How, what movie is that from? I know <laughs> it's from something. No, that's not what I was going with. So this is going to be, I'm going to take us on a total tangent now. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> this one's going to be 20 minutes. Um, in Princess Bride, which my favorite movie of all time, when people are addressing Wesley, there are, I think, at least three times where they address him by his actions. So they'll say, you survived the swipe... You, sur Swap you survived the fire swamp. You must be very brave. I give you full marks for bravery. Things like this. So when they're addressing him, it's right after he has accomplished something. And that's why I think we trust him so much as a character because we get to see him do things. We're not running on reputation or anything. You defeated my giant, so you're clearly very strong. That right. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. So what I'm thinking is in the same way, don't think, become. We need to act because our actions is really what, I want to say our actions is what really determines who we are. And I guess a little beyond that, our responses to those actions, right? Nothing is ever the end. Well, I guess one thing has to be the end eventually. <laughs> Save me. I'm spiraling. <laughs> uh, keep spiraling. You told us buckle up for a long tangent. So I'm, you have to keep going. It's only going. been two minutes. Hasn't even been two minutes. Not even close. Uh, yeah, I think... I think it's yeah, I think it's a good. Quote. I mean, I think the whole "don't think, become" it's it's got a little bit of poetic language to it as well, so it kind of grabs you in that way. But you know, like it's essentially just don't think, act maybe. Don't think any any type of quote like that would probably be mean the same thing essentially. But I, I yeah, think don't be is. so afraid to act because you're overthinking it. Because and this and this happens a lot where whatever you end up doing is probably going to be okay. If you're wrestling with something where one of the options isn't going to be okay, a lot of the time you can kind of feel it from the get-go. You know, if you're wrestling with should I steal or not, you kind of know your, your conscience is saying not to do it. But if you're re wrestling with should I go to this college or that college, you're probably going to be fine. Just take the proper actions and follow through with it. I think that's more what I would take from it. Yeah. So, Alec, is it theologically accurate? I'm going to say yes. On a scale of 1 to 10. 5.1. 5.1. Just on the side of theologically accurate. No, I think it's a little above that. I mean, it requires too many addenda to give it a full, like a high ranking, but I'd give it a six and a half. Yeah. Seven. I, I would, I mean, if that was St. Therese of Lisieux who said that, it would be a nine, right? You know? I don't think so. You don't think so? Because the reason I'm knocking it down is because it requires 
other explanations on top of it because mm -hmm. we want to say you do there are times where you need to think you don't want to throw that out and then what does becoming mean and then like we're saying how you need to trust in god and then how do you respond to your what if you take an action and it turns out to be the wrong one i'm doing air quotes wrong one i think there's too much after it where it doesn't stand on its own enough we should get a sound effect for air quotes like a little yeah like a swoosh sound <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, for three words, it's not bad, though. Yeah, for three words. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you got? I'm going to give it one, one gold star and a thumbs up for poetic language. That's Fan pretty good. Not Just one thumbs up. That's theoretically 50%. So You didn't say how many thumbs there were. <laughs> that's not just I mean, your not, thumbs. There's, there's, so if anything, it's worse. It's either 50% best no, case scenario. No, you didn't say you were using both of your thumbs. It could have just so been So that's one. either 100%, 50%, or anything else. <laughs> so I got, I picked one of my favorite movies. Definitely my favorite animated movie. The Lion King, which as you guys are aware, it recently came out as the most recent installment of Disney's latest cash grab called the live action remix of course this one is not actually live action because everything is in cgi but that's what we're going to call it because what else do you call it because technically it's animated right i mean yeah it's cgi so yeah, it's not even like jungle book where there was one real person i no. think there's nothing there's nothing it's all cgi so therefore it's just as animated theoretically well mm -hmm. no because lion king was a cartoon so it's different like animated cartoon but different form of animation but they're <laughs> both the animated lion king anyway uh it was garbage i'm sorry if anybody liked it that's fine I, as someone who's a huge Lion King fan, I do not care for it. It, I, you know, it's what all the reviews are saying, and th it does range true that the lions can't show emotion because you know they're lions and other animals as well. But it wasn't even just that; it was just the way that the lines were delivered. None, of, they just everything felt was stale. Yeah, it delivery seemed, colors, it just felt a little lifeless. Yeah, like you know, it was you know you you converse the, I mean, contrast the line of. Spoiler alert, when Scar kills Mufasa and he's like, he grabs in the animated one, he grabs him by the paws and he leans in real close and he goes, he said, you know, he says the line long live the king in a very conniving menacing, and evil way, slow. menacing way. And the and this one, he literally just grabs him by the paws and goes, long live the king. Bing. And then like hits him. And it's just, I was like, especially if they can't show emotion because these are CGI animals. And like you said, the color scheme is a little bit, everything's brown, beige on beige. You got it. You got to deliver it with more emotion, and no, none of them did. Also, they like just randomly changed. Like it's it seemed to me as I was watching it because they would change like one word because I basically know every line from that movie, and it, they wouldn't change like when Simba gets in trouble for going to the elephant graveyard and uh, Mufasa wants to yell at him. He's like, "Zazu, take Nala home," and then in this one he was like, "Zazu, take Nala back to Pride Rock," and I'm like. Is there, are you what are you accomplishing because you clearly made like an artistic choice to change yeah. that line but nothing is being added by it and it, it just it honestly felt like they didn't have the rights to the lines so they had to <laughs> like slightly change each one just so that they could keep it in because if they it was like going to be a copyright infringement if they like <laughs> kept themselves. them if they yeah on them I mean that's honestly what it felt like and yeah but anyway all this to say they took out the most important line in the movie it's the summary of the entire movie the part where Rafiki in the original animated one when Rafiki is confronting Simba he hits him in the head with his stick and Simba says ouch what was that for and he says and Rafiki says it doesn't matter it's in the past and then he says yeah but it still hurts 
Rafiki says, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or, and he pauses, and he says, learn from it. And then he swings his stick at him again, and this time uh, Simba dodges it, evades the attack. <laughs> and that's like essentially the, the summary of the whole movie, but that's not the point of why I'm bringing this up. But the question is, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Is it theologically accurate? The past can hurt. But you can either run. But the way I see it, you can either I'm run from it or learn. It. I'm no, taking too much time. You're, by you're doing exactly it. what the <laughs> the new movie did, and that is not okay. No, that was just for my own benefit. It's for no one's benefit. <laughs> not anymore. Instinct says yes. Now theologically accurate. Don't think. Accurate? Become Alec. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me to think about it. Theologically accurate. I'm trying to find like what in theology would suggest that. Because I think it's certainly practically accurate, certainly a good piece of advice. No theological ideas springing to mind that would fulfill it. I'm trying to guilt and shame. I, you know, like the idea being if you did something, if you did something, which is what happens in The Lion King as mm -hmm. well. It's his past that haunts him, and he can't confront his issue, so he cowers in shame and guilt and lets that sit, and it festers. Uh, as opposed to learning from his mistakes. But then what if it's something that's not your fault? Which also was... The, he thought it was, was his the fault, truth, which is yeah. also was the truth. Hmm. Yeah, good advice. I mean, the best thing is, is it theologically accurate if it's if it's not theologically inaccurate? You know, does it yeah. just kind of get branched into yeah, it? We could say that if it is true, good, or beautiful, then it would be theologically good. Uh, and true and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> also... <laughs> So the question is, is it not theologically accurate? Is it theologically beautiful? Does it contradict anything theologically? Nothing that is coming to my head. How do we view the past? Yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you could either run from it or learn from How it. How do we theologically? Ah, uh, yes, the yes, yes. Mm. What's coming to mind for me is in terms of forgiveness, which is, that's one we should do soon because that's a big struggle for me. It. I hold the position that to truly forgive, you must forget. But I don't think that's the position of the church. I think you forgive. You don't have to forget because you can, you know, act accordingly. Alec just admitted to time. being a heretic on uh, the podcast. You heard it here so first. You heard it here. <laughs> no, I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but in this sense here of you can run from it or learn from it, but you want to still keep it in your head. So in that way, it would be theologically accurate to say you don't have to be mad at something in the past. You can forgive it while still learning and taking that lesson with you. Yeah. That's the best parallel I could give you. And I don't like it. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to stand by that. It's not theologically inaccurate. Therefore it must be theologically accurate. So there's nothing in the middle. There, there's no, not up for consideration. It's either inaccurate or accurate. You can say that it's not for consideration. <laughs> Well, then I will. <laughs> uh, yeah. If I, uh, but I'd agree. It's not inaccurate, as far as I can tell, in 10 minutes. And good advice. Good advice, for sure. So go ahead and uh, give that. Claim it as your own. It's not in the new Lion King, so there's no copyright on it. So <laughs> don't worry about it's, it. It's public domain. <laughs> I honestly, in the movie, I got so mad when... Who was I sitting next to? Allie. Yeah, our friend Allie. And I, I almost got out of the theater I was, because like Rafiki's one of my all time favorite characters and he was already just garbage the entire time throughout the whole movie. 
the whole thing with the Kinda poop not really there with the poop why was that why was that a thing I don't know. like what what did that add to the story that okay anyway um <laughs> and then when they took that line out i was like what is the point of his character if not to deliver that line that's like that was the point is for him to hold him up yeah at the beginning also he doesn't have a stick until the end last scene true like either give him the stick or don't give him the stick he like pulls it out and he's the like staff. oh my old no he because oh, he does specifically say it's not a stick because simba <laughs> says first i'm gonna take your stick and he says no it's not a stick he pulls it up and he's like oh my old friend and he's like did you really honestly it felt like they put it in there so that the crowd would cheer when he grabs his yeah. but it's like there's no reason for him not to have had it the entire right. movie <laughs> Because he, he finds it in his own house. So it's not like... He knows where it was. He knows where it was. So it's either he wants it or he doesn't. Uh, anyway, I, I just it was all over the place. That's all I got. One thing that we didn't cover that I wanted to talk about with my quote, the don't no, time, become... No, time is up. You can't. Uh, nah, darn it. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Is how God is atemporal. So he's you know, not subject to our time. So he is the God of now. So not the God of God of the future or the past now. So we need to become now. He wants us to love now, to love him, to love our neighbor, and not to be so hung up on what might happen in the future or what could happen and to just love right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't think about how you can have virtue in the future. Live how you can have virtue in this moment cool yep. alright that's it for today we'll probably find a couple more quotes to argue about oh I've got I've got quotes on deck on deck I got a jar of quotes right over there and you'll hear us in the next one